Welcome to the inaugural podcast of Understanding Climate Finance by the Canadian Trade Commissioner Service. My name is Fahim Nurali and I am the Climate Finance Trade Commissioner based out of the Embassy of Canada in Washington, D.C. Blended finance plays a critical role in climate finance in making strong and impactful climate projects investable. That is why part of Canada's $2.65 billion Paris commitment goes toward blended finance funds at multilateral development banks, such as the Inter-American Development Bank. To that end, it's my pleasure to welcome Pilar Caveo, Investment Officer in the Blended Finance Team at IDB Invest, to talk to us more about the work of IDB Invest and how they are active in climate finance. Thank you, Pilar, for joining me today. Can you start us off by telling us a little bit more about IDB Invest? Yes, um, thank you, Fahim, for having me in this first podcast. Um, so I have been working at IDB Invest for a little bit over three years now at the blended finance team. IDB Invest is a um, member of the IDB group and it's a multilateral development bank that promotes economic, social, and environmental development of its member countries in Latin America and the Caribbean. And IDB Invest does so through private sector clients. And so the objective of IDB Invest is to finance companies and projects to achieve financial returns while maximizing the impact of the region. IDB Invest currently has over $13 billion in assets under management. We have worked with more than 380 clients and we currently have a portfolio in 25 countries. So IDB Invest offers financial financial solutions and also provides advisory services to respond to our um, client needs in a variety of sectors. Maybe to dig a little deeper into what are the sectors and areas where we work, we divided in three main teams or sectorial teams, energy and infrastructure, financial intermediaries, which includes financial institutions and funds, and then corporate, which includes pretty much everything else outside those two buckets. So that would include manufacturing, tourism, technology and telecommunications or agribusiness. We structure our offer around financial and non-financial solutions to support our clients achieve their goals. So this means that for all those sectors, we provide a wide range of financial products, which includes trade and supply chain finance, resource mobilization to syndicate with other providers of financing. We structure capital market um, solutions. We offer guarantees equity, loans, and then blended finance as well as a tool to uh, meet our clients' need. And all that financial offering comes supported by the advisory services piece of what we do, which includes uh, transversal topics for our clients to find solutions in gender diversity and inclusion, climate change, MSMEs for micro, small, and medium enterprises, and also for private-public partnership. solutions. So in what we do, we try to provide holistic approach to the solutions that we offer to to our clients. And in describing what IDB Invest offer provides in differentiating from other financing providers in the region is that we do have a local and granular presence all over Latin America and the Caribbean to meet our clients where they are. We also have synergies with our public sector colleagues in understanding the context and 
uh, developing country strategies to meet the client need and also the developmental goals that we have as an institution. And so it's really this match between the financing solutions that we provide and the knowledge that we can bring to our clients in developing best practices in their industries that really builds up our um, solution toolkit. Thank you for that introduction. So let's move on to more granular components of climate finance, namely blended finance, which is an area of finance that I find actually particularly impactful. But there are a number of misconceptions of what climate finance is and isn't. I find myself addressing these questions often with our Canadian clients that are looking for project funding. So can you provide your definition of blended finance? Yes. And maybe to take just one step back to contextualize where blended finance is, the SDG financing gap or the financing gap to achieve the sustainable development goals is around $2.5 trillion per year. And if we think about the amount of money that goes into international development aid, it is a little over $150 billion per year. So this is clearly not enough and traditional development aid needs to be used in a more catalytic way to be made as a strategic use of the available resources. So this is a little bit the origin or where blended finance comes from. So in a broader sense, it's the use of catalytic capital that comes from public or philanthropic sources to increase private sector investment in sustainable development. And so adapting that definition to our own context for development financial institutions, where most of our capital or all of our capital is coming from public sources because our shareholders are countries. In our context, blended finance is the targeted use of concessional finding, funding in high impact projects where actual or perceived risks are too high for commercial finance alone. So in the context of IDB Invest, IDB Invest, as I mentioned at the beginning, has the goal of achieving financial returns at a commercial level at the same time as achieving developmental impact. What blended finance allows us to do is to have a, a resources or a group of resources that allow us to offer more flexible terms and conditions to address specific barriers that are preventing some projects from accessing financing or investment. So what this means is that we have these concessional resources that allow us to offer longer tenors or lower pricing or subordinated structures or offering performance incentives to our clients to address specific and well-identified market failures and overcome, and overcome them, making the case for commercial capital to come into those projects. So this is really what blended finance is all about, is how we can leverage those limited resources that have that higher risk capital or risk appetite or higher flexibility in the terms and conditions that they can provide to really bring to the table more commercial capital to, to leverage that financing and ultimately contribute to addressing the SDG financing gap. Thanks for that um, description. So can you provide some details on the Canadian fund? So in, in just for context, uh, we want to turn our attention to the Canadian Climate Fund, which is, is actually in its second iteration. So therefore, it's called C2F2. 
So Canada has recognized the catalytic role of climate finance and has partnered with IDB Invest on a climate-focused blended finance fund. Can you actually provide more details on the fund? Yes, of course. So uh, as you mentioned, C2F2 or the Canadian Climate Fund for the private sector in the Americas and its phase two is one of the funds that IDB Invest manages as, as part of its blended finance toolkit. So the Canadian Climate Fund has a mandate to invest in low carbon technologies and business models, providing senior or subordinated debt. And then it also has a cross-cutting target to allocate resources in projects that address gender mainstreaming. So what the Canadian Climate Fund is, is a co-financing product that we can offer to IDB Invest clients. And we invested alongside IDB Invest's own capital to meet this mandate of investing in low carbon technologies and business models. So maybe more broadly on how the C2F2 is used within IDB Invest, we work with the teams that in the different sectors manage IDB Invest's own resources and work together to structure deals that combine that IDB Invest capital and the C2F resources to meet the financing needs um, of our clients. So maybe to work you a little bit through the mechanics of how to access those resources and how we analyze projects on their eligibility to be able to be financed by the C2F resources. We analyze those opportunities together with the sectorial teams within IDB Invest. So there is no separate application process or specific application process to access the C2F resources. We analyze the investing opportunities as a holistic offer and structure it together as a team. And it goes through the same approval process as any other IDB Invest transaction would do. Maybe I will take a step back now to talk a little bit about the blended finance principles that we have in managing these resources. So as we are a development finance institution, one of the risks associated to having a blended finance resources under management is that these resources could potentially be used, one, to distort markets, and then we could also be facing a conflict of interest as an institution as we would have these resources that we can leverage on to invest our own capital. So in 2017, there was a working group uh, on blended concessional finance that includes more than 20 development finance institutions where we all agreed what were going to be the rules of the game for the management of these resources. So when we decide which projects are eligible for blended finance resources in general and for C2F resources in particular, we need to assess those resources are bringing additionality to the project, which means that either the project wouldn't close financially without those resources, or it wouldn't close in a form that would be addressing the market needs uh, that we've identified or potential market failures that we've identified. Then we analyze those projects and allocate those resources under the principle of minimum concessionality, which means that we ensure that in that flexibility in terms and conditions, we don't go beyond what the project needs to meet its financial and developmental goals. Then we also need to crowd in, so we don't crowd out <laughs> other investors. We need to provide 
the financing conditions that are needed to attract more commercial capital to these projects. We need to ensure that these projects are commercially viable and sustainable. So we are not in the business of providing subsidies forever. It really needs to be targeted and well-identified barriers that we can overcome by providing uh, these resources. And then the last point is um, having a governance structure within IDB Invest that allows us to have separate teams where we analyze these risks and structure these resources separately. So we currently have, together with the Canadian Climate Fund, more than $800 million in donor funds under management for the blended finance practice at IDB Invest. So we've had a long-standing expertise in channeling these resources to private sector clients in Latin America and the Caribbean. And it is exciting to be partnering with the Canadian government to be able to uh, deploy these resources where they're most needed. Maybe one additional point that I would mention for the Canadian Climate Fund is that it is targeted for all IDB Invest borrowing member countries, excluding those that are not eligible for ODA, which are Bahamas, Barbados, Chile, Trinidad and Tobago, and Uruguay. This is more for practical reasons and because I think the audience may appreciate having this nuance. Maybe going a little bit more into what type of projects are the ones that we are looking into uh, to be financed with the Canadian Climate Fund. As I mentioned, they are targeted at low carbon technologies and business models. And this means projects that address climate change mitigation and or adaptation. So this would include projects that are promoting the acceleration and adoption of renewable energy generation technologies or energy efficiency, also industries that are looking into how they can reduce the emissions in their industrial processes. Um, also sustainable transport, agriculture, forestry and land use, or waste and wastewater. And then on the adaptation side is really projects that are looking not only to mitigate climate change, but also incorporating best practices on how they can adapt to the changes in the climate that we are seeing and becoming more resilient in their practices and activities. Great. That, uh, that's really helpful. And I think what we really want to highlight there, um, which you had brought up, is that the Blended Finance Fund is used at the discretion of IDB Invest. And is there's no application process for project developers or anyone looking for funding to, to fund. And the way that I like to actually explain blended finance, it's sort of the sweetener in your coffee. So it doesn't change the whole composition of the coffee, but it makes it gets you just to that point where it's investable. I, I don't know if, if you agree with that analogy or not, oh, but I think, I think it's a simple one. Um, can you provide some examples on uh, maybe, or maybe some case studies and companies that you're sort of you're targeting that, that have used blended finance? Yes, of course. So I, I'll i provide an example of a recent project that we closed at the end of uh, 2020. The name of the project is Nujo Aceito, and it's in Brazil. And so this is a project that consists in the design, construction, commission, and operation of four bifacial solar photovoltaic or plants with a combined capacity of 187 megawatts. So it is contributing to increasing the installed capacity of non-conventional renewable energy. 
diversifying the energy matrix in Brazil. The total financing was in the equivalent of 67.2 million, and it was offered with a tenor of almost 15 years. And these transactions includes a 15 million blended finance tranche, part of it with resources from the C2F. So this is a transaction where the rationale, the rationale for blended finance is the fact that there, there is a nascent entry of long-term non-conventional renewable energy contracts into the private PPA market in Brazil. So this transaction, instead of having a public uptaker, is based on a private PPA structure in the contract. And that is something that we support as a trend in the market to, to create an opportunity that is really distinct from the regulated market for renewable energy. This project also, uh, as I mentioned, includes bifacial solar photovoltaic technology, which uh, being the second project in Brazil with this technology still doesn't have a long-standing track record. And then this project also includes a component for gender and diversity in renewable energy construction. So based on these initial challenges that the transaction offered, the blended finance tranche was structured to directly mitigate the risk of incorporating this bifacial solar technology at scale. So part of the revenue stream that will be coming from that second phase the blended finance tranche will be mitigating the risk associated to the fact that the project is using this more innovative technology with less track record. And so with commercial financiers not being as comfortable with it. And then these, the blended finance tranche also allowed for incorporating an incentive structure that on one side will be promoting uh, the female component in the technical work workforce of the construction of the project. Uh, with a goal of 10% of the technical workforce uh, being women, which is about three or four times greater than the average number of women that are hired in solar projects in Brazil. And then for the first time, this transaction also includes the incentive to enroll Afro-descendant employees into the labor pool. So this transaction, is, I think it represents very well all the topics that we were mentioning before in the sense that it targets some of the challenges that certain technologies or business models are facing in accessing commercial capital that allows them to close. And it's not because they are not commercially sustainable. It's just because there's a market inertia to do things as we know them. And it takes a little bit to switch. And so supporting bifacial solar is one of the goals that we had with this transaction based on private PPA uh, structure. And then on the other side is allowing to create economic opportunities for women and Afro-descending individuals in the construction of this particular project, hoping to codify strategies and lessons learned that could ultimately be widespread in the market, contributing as well to the, to the fact that there are certain people that just have a harder time accessing the labor force and it's just because of the historic background preventing those people from accessing these uh, positions. And so we really want to create the track record and lessons learned to be able to replicate this ultimately in other projects in, the, in Brazil and in other countries in the region. Thank you. That's very helpful. 
Anything else that pertains to blended finance that you think our audience would find really valuable or useful in understanding? Or are there resources that you could point them to for them to further their education in in blended finance? Um, so actually, there's a database of blended finance resources that it's called Convergence that I think illustrates pretty well different actions that are being taken in this space. Convergence is also Canadian, so <laughs> there is some connection there. It was actually seeded by the <laughs> global <laughs> So I think that could be a good uh, resources to familiarize with different sources of blended finance financing if people are interested in broadening, broadening a little bit the space. I would also say that it is always good to ask and maybe through the Embassy of Canada is a good gate for people to get a sense of how to navigate the multilateral organizations, but we're always open to analyze projects that may be eligible for this type of financial support as we want to break barriers in the market and really enable the conditions that will allow us to achieve the sustainable development goals. Great. And that's a great setup for me to promote the Trade Commissioner (laughs) service and the services that we provide to the Embassy of Canada, particularly in in the climate finance file and the OLIFI file or Office of Liaison with International Finance Institutions. So for eligible TCS clients, we provide that sort of business development support and introduce you to the right people like Pilar at, at the different institutions that are based here in Washington. So that's IDB, that is the World Bank Group, um, that is the Development Finance Corporation, and there's uh, plenty of others, and on my end, private investors too. So with that, thank you so much, Pilar, for being our first guest on this podcast. My pleasure. Uh, I, really, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And um, thank you to all the listeners. So please provide any comments or thoughts in the comment section and share this episode with your colleagues. Your comments and feedback is really important to us because it provides us insights of what you'd like to learn through the series, but it'll also be an indicator for us on the success of the series overall. So stay tuned for our next episode, which we are aiming for in March. Thank you. Thank you.